the Brothers in Kayfabe. For over two seasons, the revolutionary force in brotherly kayfabe entertainment. And now, Pro Wrestling and Being a Good Brother present the Brothers in Kayfabe. From Luigi Primo's Pizza Box, he make a, a good pizza. I am one of your aforementioned brothers in kayfabe, El Gigante himself, the CEO of Keel Enterprises. Kinzer Keel, to my right in the StreamYard studio, is... Mr. Rasslin, Landon Bumgarner, as always, is my great honor, my great privilege, and my great joy to be here live on the Brothers in Cafe podcast. Jake, what a week it has been. It's been a good week for wrestling. It has been an interesting week for wrestling, but as always, here, the Brothers in Cafe podcast, we're going to cover everything under the sun that is related to wrestling because... We love wrestling, don't we, Jake? We do love wrestling. We we love it so much that it hurts. Uh, you know, it's it's been a great week. We had a really good episode last week with Andrew Husfar. If you haven't gone and listened to that, make sure to go listen to it. Give it a like. Give it a subscribe. Give it a review. Who knows? Maybe if we start getting enough reviews, we might be sending out some uh, some gift skis if we uh, decide to read your review on air. So let's let's start getting some reviews and we'll start doing that kind of deal. I will say last week's episode was super fun. We talked Attitude Era. We talked Rock Austin. We talked a lot about horror movies. I've watched a lot of horror movies since last week. Husfar may or may not have influenced a very spontaneous purchase if you will related to horror stuff so last week's episode was super fun it should get you hyped up for the halloween episode but we'll talk about that later jake how was your week buddy it's been pretty great i have also watched uh quite a bit of horror this week i watched sleepaway camp as we talked about last week yeah i still need to buy sleepaway camp um but yeah, uh, watched watch Sleepaway Camp on what did I watch it on? I watched it on some streaming service. It's out there somewhere. Um, you can watch anything on the internet. This uh, is true, almost anything. Um, and then I started and have not finished, but I started a very controversial um, horror movie, and not because of its content. Well. Because of its content, but not because the content was controversial. Um, I started watching Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Okay. I've never seen it before. I know the story. I know the beats, and that's kind of why I haven't watched it yet. Um, but yeah, I started watching that, and so far it's just as bad as everyone says. I, I applaud him for doing his own thing uh, in that, but man, it's a... 
so far it's a swing and a miss and that's why i haven't finished it yet because it's just like uh well you know um yeah so uh real quick and this pertains to a conversation we had off air uh one person that was texting me i'm not gonna give out who because that will give away something for next week um Carrie Von Eric or Dr. Death was a close one. Ooh. So, okay. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that, that makes sense. We will um, have a little something. This is just a teaser. This is why you want to listen to the full episode because we'll, we'll circle around to that a little bit later on. Yes, we will. Uh, Man, Jake, you want to talk about Dr. Death, Steve Williams, the raw... I believe it's the 10th anniversary episode of Raw. No, it's the 2005 Raw Homecoming when they moved from TNN back to USA Network and all the legends are in the ring and they beat the living snot out of Rob Conway. Uh And it's cool because it's like Hacksaw. So uh, first of all, all the legends are dressed super nice and then Hacksaw's in jeans in a sleeveless Under (laughs) Armour shirt. Yep. Yep. And of course, the under like the Under Armour shirts tucked in. He throws a right hand. Somebody else throws a right hand. I think Sergeant Slaughter. Dusty hits the elbow. Kevin Von Erich puts on the claw. And in the background of all these legends, and this is 2005, is Doctor Death just standing there, and he's got like a nice like kind of peach colored dress shirt and slacks on. It's <laughs> it was very nice to see Doctor Death. And that because I I completely forgot he was a part of that segment. So there's our Dr. Death fact for the week. I love Dr. Death facts. We need to make that like a whole thing. It's Dr. Death uh, fact of the week. Um, Another Dr. Death fact. It's really hard to find a high, a higher quality uh, promo shot of him. It's just true. It's very hard. I've been looking for if you have a really good promo shot of Dr. Death that someone hasn't photoshopped um, the smoking skull belt over. (laughs) uh, Let me know because I need one. Send it our way. Send it to uh, merch.table at your next uh, Empire Pro Wrestling event. So... Um, Landon, uh, every week we watch some wrestling. Uh, I want to talk about what I'm watching right now. If, uh, you don't mind. Yeah, please. So I am first and then I'll share mine. I am currently watching. (laughs) I got to I, one second. I got to remember what date it is. (laughs) Halloween Havoc 1991. Um, Very nice. I've never watched a whole lot of Halloween Havoc. As most know, I was a WWF guy. So a lot of the WCW stuff I never really caught. Um, So I'm going back and I'm watching uh, some Halloween Havoc. And I picked this one specifically because it kicks off with the Chamber of Horrors match. Is it Chamber of Horrors or cha- Chamber of Whores? Is it a hard? <laughs> well, I, that's for you to decide, but... Um, it depends who's booking that night. Depends who's booking. <laughs> uh, the Chamber of Horrors, I never realized it kicked off the show. So 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that's some AW booking if I've ever seen it. Um, just the placement of your marquee match. Um, man, it's not good. <laughs> it's it's bad. It's I can understand why WWF was still kicking the crap out of uh, WCW at this moment, but um, hey, you know it's been it's been an all right show from there though. Uh, right now we've got uh, I believe it's B Brian Blair um, versus Terrence Taylor. Uh, with Miss Alexandra York, Landon, you are the encyclopedia. You are Mr. Rasslin. Do you know who Alexandra York is? I have heard the name, but I I couldn't tell you. I'm sorry. It's Bobby Eaton. Uh, it's beautiful Bobby that's uh, fighting I was, Terrence Taylor. I was about to say that it seems like an interesting matchup to put him in, but... um. Mr. York, we apologize, but Alexandra York is Terrence Taylor's uh, valet. It's a woman, Alexandra. And I looked it up and it is one Terry Runnels. Ah, I hardly recognized her because she has not had a lot of work done yet. So, yeah, that's for, for it to be 91. That's super. That's a young Terry, Terry runner runnels. Super, super young. So she I'm showing that she was still working for CNN in 91. So she debuted in 1990 in wrestling. Wow. So there you go. That's I had to look it up because she looked crazy. familiar, but I couldn't I couldn't place her. So, <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's like that's just insane that it's that early. But you know, back in the good old territory days, that's how it was. That's how it was. Landon, what are you watching today? I am watching the <clears throat> April seventeenth episode of ECW Hardcore TV from nineteen ninety seven. Why is this significant? Because it is four days after ECW's first pay-per-view, Barely Legal 97. It's a uh, it's it's never a bad time to watch ECW in the Lando house. Absolutely. That's that's just right up your wheelhouse all the time. That is my bread and butter. If you I will. am I am uh coordinating with a friend of the pod, Mr. Johnny Cove. And uh, he has informed me that tonight he's going to watch some Terry Gordy. So I told him, get some Dr. Def and Terry Gordy going on there. Yes, please. Yes, please. So Landon, um, we'll just get right into it. Uh, Who have you watched any other wrestling this week? I have... Watch a little bit of AEW, as always. You know, I I say this all the time. It's no dig on anybody's product, but it is very hard with my schedule to justify watching full programs, especially multiple full programs throughout the week, just because, I mean, Jake, you know it. I have been working like 15-hour days the last couple of weeks just because I am going up north to try and restart 
Stampede Wrestling, but watched a little AEW, watched a lot of ECW, and watched some WWE this week. So all in all, it was a good week of wrestling. Anytime we get to watch wrestling, it's good. So that's that's kind of what I've watched. It's been a little all over the place, but that's Absolutely. okay. What what have you watched this week, Jake? I haven't got a chance to watch a lot this week. I'll I'll be completely honest. I haven't gotten to watch very much at all. I watched Dynamite. Um, I watched Extreme Rules um, this weekend. I haven't gotten to Battle of the Belts or Rampage, um, but they're both sitting on the DVR. Um, as some of you know, an attack on my life was made um, a couple weeks ago at the latest Empire Pro Wrestling tapings. Um, I'm not going to say who it was <clears throat> X-rated. Um, uh, but I am now, I, I have the neck brace off. Uh, fortunately I do have to wear the neck brace whenever I'm near physical competition, but, um, I did undergo double knee surgery on Monday from the attack. So I'm healing up from that. Um, I actually, we recorded last week, the night before I went in for surgery and, uh, everything's going well. This is, this is a huge thing we need to talk about. I recorded before we went into surgery. So, you know, uh, this just shows how, um, how much my work means to me. And there's nobody in this business that works more than Kinzer Keel. And that is a fact. So, uh, X-rated. Uh, we're coming for you. Um, you're going to pay for this. And also, uh, hashtag times up for the Psycho Boys. Uh, the the They call themselves the Psychotic Messengers, <clears throat> but they're the Psycho Boys. Lucian uh, Loveless. Uh, we'll see. We'll see you at the next Empire show. I'll, you'll be seeing more of Kinzer Keel. We'll just put it that way. So, um, but yeah, I'm healing up okay. I uh, have the cane um, and the neck brace to help me out. Like I said, the neck brace I only have to wear when I'm going to be around physical competition. Right now, it is not on, but uh, ow, that hurt. Um, it hurt uh, to, gotta, to move you need my to neck. Take so. it easy. You're a father now. You, I, I know <clears throat> that they attacked. Be careful. A new father. And let's just say the the team of lawyers that are at Keel Enterprises they're they're waiting they're waiting we're gonna be we're gonna be sending out the um, the official documents this week to start the lawsuit it's it's getting ready to start and uh, it's gonna start with those uh, tag team titles that the Psycho Boys hold mm. so uh, despicable despicable we do have um, some housekeeping to do uh, right now. Don't forget, we are coming up on Rad O'Con. We are just one month away from Rad O'Con, November, November fifth and sixth. That's a Saturday yeah. and a Sunday. Uh, the the um, brothers in kayfabe will have a booth there. Kinzer Keel will be there for sure. Landon is going to try to make it up there on <clears throat> Sunday. Full disclosure, he- I will be booking it. I will be coming in hot from Texas, 
And so it's gonna it's gonna be a nice little five hour commute to get up there, but I'm gonna try and pull it off. But Jake, I heard a little rumor that if I'm not there, there's some special guests who will be around at RadoCon. There'll be some huge guests over there. And I'm just saying they may happen to walk by the BIK booth and yeah. The microphone just may happen to be on, nudge, nudge, our, wink, wink. Our, our good old friends, you know, the Rock and Roll Express are going to be there. So, you know, okay. I'll call them over, see if they're if they're in the mood to talk that day. If they're not, okay, cool, whatever, whatever, bro. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Make sure you get your tickets for RadOcon. You can get those at RadOcon uh, on Facebook. And I believe it's radocon.com, uh, radshows.com. Sorry. You can get that over there. There's VIP meet and greets. Uh, I've pulled it up right now. You can meet uh, Fred Williamson Ooh. from MASH, uh, Starsky and Hutch the movie, uh, Dusk Till Dawn, um, Carrie Means, uh, voice actor, Matt Cardona. Will be there. Um, Greg Peters from various voice work. Uh, we're just scrolling through here a little bit. Rock and Roll Express, as recently said, the ruler of ass, Warhorse, will be there. He rules ass for sure. Um, there's going to be some concerts. Uh, November 6th, there will be uh, Wrestling for a Cause Prime Conflict. Featuring Jack Talos, Franco Varga, Jacob Fatu, Ooh. Bam Bam, Miranda Gorney, Gordy, <clears throat> Homegrown Sam Stackhouse. I've never heard that uh, nickname for him, but Stackhouse grown, will be in the building. And, of course, the former NWA champion, Matt Cardona, will be wrestling Ooh. Franco Varga. That was supposed to happen earlier this year. Um, it was. At the Oklahoma City Pop Culture Con. Unfortunately, that is when uh, Matt Cardona tore his bicep and had to pull out. Um, but yeah, it's the match will happen. We will have our own table. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, we're I'm working on uh, getting some of my clients onto those shows as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, while we're at it, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Kinzerkeel. Get your I'm a Kinzerkeel guy t-shirt. There is also the I'm a Kinzerkeel girl t-shirt up Ooh. as well, as well as the daddy section t-shirt. And next week, there will be a new t-shirt up on Kinzerkeel's Pro Wrestling Tees, maybe even two t-shirts so we, can we have a hint can we have a teaser or is it gonna be full surprise full surprise action Ooh. features sold separately um Ooh, landon interesting you have something to plug why don't you uh, sure go ahead and plug do. that i absolutely do so i talk about this Almost every week, Bums Analog Conversion is the company that I am doing to convert physical media into digital media so that you can have it and have it easily accessible. I literally picked up 70 tapes to convert this week. 
I have no idea when in the world I'm going to do this because that's like 140 hours of just recording those tapes. But that's besides the point. It's it is something I'm passionate about. I got to finish up with a client this week who her father had passed away. And so she has not seen her father's face or heard his voice in about 15 years. And now she can hear his voice whenever she wants. That's awesome. um, So my whole thing with that is I want to help you guys reclaim and recapture memories from fading away. And also, if you've got wrestling or if you've just got super dope stuff, like, let's convert that. Let's make that easily accessible. But also, the Brother Archives are open. You can get a digital mystery grab bag from the archives. I talked about this last week. These are not official WWE releases, so it's not like you're going to get you know, the 2005 Bret Hart DVD. Right. You're not going to get WWE Extreme Rules or anything like that. You're going to get a lot of other stuff, and it's going to be based around what you're interested in. If you want some UWF, if you want some Smoky Mountain Wrestling, if you want some weird Japanese Hulk Hogan shampoo commercials, like whatever you want, this grab bag is an opportunity just to increase your wrestling library on all fronts instead of just building up a certain aspect. So I think it's a steal. Let's work out a brother deal. Whatever you're into, I promise I've got something for you. So for Guaranteed. $25, you can get that. So that's that's the brother guarantee, you know. Maybe just maybe I'll put you in touch with good brother Mark Maggard and you can even take a photo with a real championship belt if you buy one of these. So can real a real championship title. You can right. you can hold it above your head. Well, well, Mr. Rasslin, um, we have taken care of some uh, housekeeping there, but now we have some news. We do. And the news is brought to you by our good friend, Shawnee. Are you spending too much on your mortgage? Well, job out to interest rates no more. Call Shawnee Caulfield at GRC Residential and Commercial. Shawnee has the commitment to customer service that can't be beat. Let Shawnee recruit your mortgage business and find out what thousands of others already know. Shawnee can save you money. So call Shawnee Caulfield at 516-708-4900 or visit him at greenrivermortgage.com. NMLS ID number 1805234 Equal Housing Lender. Call for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply. Thank you, Shawnee, for always taking care of us. And now that we've got our sponsor ushering in, we've got some breaking news because we did something earlier this year at the beginning of season four, I believe, where we opened up for the first time ever the Brothers in Kayfabe Hall of Fame, where we inducted Good Brother Triple J, Jimmy Jackson, rest in peace, as well as Good Brother Terry Funk and Jake. On episode 100, we are going to induct four individuals that night, and I believe we have footage of the first two. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, your first two inductees in the second class of the Brothers in Kayfabe Good Brother Hall of Fame.
the undeniable free agent, Aaron Ortiz, will be inducted this year into the BIK Hall of Fame. Along with Aaron, his wrestling inductee, the most professional wrestler, Brian Myers. Going to bring those graphics back up. We love to see it. Aaron Ortiz, the very first big time guest of the podcast. He was the first double guest. That's what I was just about to say. And he was the hottest free agent in podcasting history. We are proud to bring back good brother Aaron Ortiz. He will be at episode 100 to be inducted into the BIK Hall of Fame. And with every Brothers in Kayfabe inductee, they get to induct one of their favorite wrestlers. So, Landon, why don't you say a little bit about his inductee to the Hall of Fame? So, Aaron is inducting good brother Brian Myers, formerly known as Kurt Hawkins. Man, I can't tell you how many times we have talked about what a good brother Brian Myers is on this podcast. A lot of people, they just know him as an edgehead. But man, he has really come into his own creatively. He's just been on fire in impact. He has been all over the indies. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him show up elsewhere. But even some of the stuff that he has done in his own promotion, FWF, Brian Myers is just a solid dude. He is one of my favorite people to listen to shoot interviews of. He's got some great ones on high spots. He also had a show on high spots called Developmentally Speaking, where he interviewed several WWE wrestlers who were stuck in purgatory, a.k.a. developmental, for way longer than they should have been, just because creative had nothing for them. Great, great, great interview. He's got some insane interviews with... Good brother, Doc Gallows. He is, he's a good brother all in all because that's what we want to celebrate in the Brothers in Kayfabe Hall of Fame is not just great wrestlers that we love and are our favorites, but also, man, like if you could hang out with these people, they would be genuinely good brothers to, to hang out with. So I am excited. I think Aaron had a great pick. But Jake, next week, we're going to find out who our third and fourth inductees are. Yes, we will round out the 2022 class number two. Going forward, I think we're going to have two classes each year. Um, It was maybe just one main highlight early in the year and then uh, a full class at the end of the year. So I guess we could call it just the 2022 class. Um, Six inductees. Will will have gone into the Hall of Fame by the end of the year, and I'm so happy that Brian Myers and Aaron Ortiz will be in the Hall of Fame for the Brothers in Kayfabe. Landon, the next inductees, I, I can't wait to announce them, but you'll have to hear in episode 96 That's right. who those inductees will be. So, November... 13th put on your finest 
because we're going to shoot dress up. We're going to look snazzy. I am going, I'm going to go put on my finest sport coat and uh, my finest Roosevelt's button up t-shirt or button up shirt. And uh, we're going to look great. We're going to feel great. And everyone is going to be ready for episode 100 of the Brothers in Kayfabe. It's going to be great. It's going to be live. We've got a lot of surprises planned. Part of that is next week, we will find out who will be joining Aaron Ortiz and Brian Myers in the BIK Hall of Fame. And Aaron Ortiz, as well as the individual we're going to find out next week, they will get to give a little speech, you know, accept their induction, but they will also get to share why they chose their respective wrestlers so it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Man, I wish we were live right now, Jake. For all of you who are listening to this, you just missed out on a lot of spoilers. But don't worry, they've been edited in post. But man, I, I'm excited. Jake, can you believe this is episode 95? Can you believe we are going to reach episode 100? I can't. I really can't. It's 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 incredible to me um, that we are reaching that these heights um i never thought we would get this far and i'm not trying to get choked up or anything but like it really it's really awesome to think about especially you know there was there were times where we were like okay i think this podcast is done like yeah you know there was there were moments where we didn't think we were gonna really make it much farther and uh and here we are still plugging away so i'm I'm really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun going forward. And it's uh, not easy keeping a podcast fresh. It is not easy. Um, just to pull back the brotherly curtain for a little bit. Whenever we first launched this, we I don't I still don't know how we did amazing numbers. Those first couple of episodes like I. I don't know how, like specifically episode one is still our highest rated episode and it makes literally no sense because <laughs> that's probably our worst episode. And all of a sudden things changed and we realized that, that what, that we did just get super lucky with that. And so we had to figure out what to do. We ended season one and we lost rest in peace, triple J Jimmy Jackson. And we had to decide, do we keep going do we reinvent or do we close up shop? We got to season three, same thing. Okay, what can we do that's fresh? Season four, okay, what do we do? And here we are, season five. This is episode five of season five. Man, what a a time. But Jake, episode 100 is not the only thing we have coming up. We do have our Halloween Havoc Spooktacular on Sunday the 30th. We're going to go live that night. We talked about it a little bit. Folks, if you have not gone back and listened to last week's episode with Andrew Husfar, there's some spoilers to some of the things we're going to be doing on this spooky episode. But Jake, I think we have another spooky clip to get us in the mood for some Halloween hijinks. Not the so, McFoley book. So roll that beautiful bean footage. The Halloween Havoc, B.I.K. Spooktacular, live Sunday, 
October 30th. It's going to be great. We're going to have guests. We're going to be watching some spooky stuff live. For those of you, I hope you watch the video version of the podcast because you just got to see our boy Leatherface in Japan walking around the crowd with a chainsaw, a.k.a. Corporal Kirshner. Man, Leatherface is spooky. Maybe we'll watch a live. <clears throat> we'll do a live watch along to a Leatherface match. I don't know. But I do know that the Halloween episode is going to be fun because, folks, you get to see, join us that night for a live Halloween spooktacular. The following week is Radocon, and the week after that is episode 100. So here in just a few weeks, things are going to take off, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be the biggest event in Brothers in Kayfabe history, and you're not going to want to miss it because we are going to have so much fun the last week of October through the second week in November, it's going to be banger after banger after banger, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Jake, I might be speaking out of line, but real quick before we leave this topic, I think episode 100, I think we get us a nice little spinning wheel that we display on screen, and I think we do some giveaways that night. I think we do. I think we give away maybe maybe a uh, VHS tape or two. I think so. Maybe a uh, Kinzer Keel t-shirt, maybe. I will I order so. your Kinzer Keel t-shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees, have it shipped straight to your door. Um, and I'm, I am talking about the brand new one that I'm going to be debuting next Ooh. week. So you're going to want that, but Landon, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be are. a blast. If you've been to a brother fest taping, you're going to love it. We've had so much fun in the past with brother fest and it's not going to end now, this time. Yeah. And we could sit here and talk about it all night, but. More importantly than talking about it, we want you to share this with your friends. If you've never joined us for one of our live shows, join us for one of our live shows. These two specifically are going to be fun. I don't know why I enjoy our Halloween episodes so much, but they are great. The last last year, we got real spooky with Good Brother Roger, and we're talking stuff like the Boogeyman. We were talking the Fiend. We were talking... Chainsaw Charlie, we're talking a lot of crazy stuff, and obviously episode 100 is going to be great, but as, as, as exciting as it is to look to the future, we also want to remember that this has been a very interesting week in professional wrestling, Jake. There has been a lot of, a lot of small things that have happened, but there's also been some big news this week as well. Look at you with the... Uh the move right into our topic for the night. Ladies and gentlemen, what a week of wrestling it has been. I mean, we are plugging along on this weird, crazy 2022. And I'm excited to say that Saturday night was a banger. It was. I don't think anybody was necessarily expecting it to be. But with the change, so Saturday night was WWE Extreme, Extreme Rules. But something that's interesting is now that WWE has shifted to their premium live event schedule and they're a lot 
more spaced out, if you will. I feel like each pay-per-view, for the most part, has been a lot bigger deal than it normally would be. I agree. They are really starting to hit their stride. Um, It's a coincidence that uh, Triple H happened to take over, but there's been this kind of feel of change ever since WrestleMania, and someone posted it the other day, and I really thought about it a lot, and... You wonder if this change, uh, not, not, let's not say it that way. You wonder if, you wonder how long the investigation into Vince McMahon was actually going on. Mm-hmm. Um, because around WrestleMania, things changed and it wasn't quite, it didn't quite have that Vince McMahon st- stink all over it. And I'm not saying stink in a bad way, but you can tell the difference between a Triple H ran show and a Vince McMahon ran show. Simply, simply putting one way is by listening to commentary. Yeah. I have never been a Michael Cole fan. After hearing him without Vince screaming in his ear the whole time. Michael Cole is one of the greatest announcers of not only our generation, but any generation in wrestling. Yeah, he had, it's amazing. Um, what he has done with that freedom. And I like that now it's been long enough that, it's moved past the first couple of shows. It was very much Michael Cole saying, like, it feels good to say what I want to say. It feels good not to have someone yell in my ear. It's nice that that's not part of his commentary, but it's just him telling the story of the show, calling the matches as they should be. Because you got to think, he's been with WWE over 20 years. Right. And the people he sat with from Heyman to Cornette to JR, to Jerry Lawler, to Big Foley, to JBL, to Booker T, like everyone he has sat with, man, we are getting to see that experience pay off. I hope uh, the other commentators, you know, allegedly Booker T is getting plugged back into commentary. I hope the other commentators start to grow into their own even more so and are able to kind of find their identity because there's nothing better than somebody who can call the action in the ring, but also enhance the emotion as well. Um, perfect example is listen to JR's most passionate commentary. I, I saw Absolutely. a clip this week of in 2003 when Kane is coming back from house arrest after burning JR. <laughs> and it's Kane's first entrance on Raw since that incident. And JR just his commentary about how evil, evil, evil Kane is. And Kane's walking to the ring to fight Eric Bischoff. And Lawler says, well, JR, what do you hope happens? And he says, well, I hope Bischoff gets all of his bones broken. And I hope he gets beaten <laughs> into a bloody pulp. And then I hope someone scoops him up and throws him out with the trash. And I hope somebody locks up that demon cane so that he never has to hurt anybody else. Folks, I've stared into his eyes and there is nothing but pure evil there. Like that goes so much better than, you know, making a snide little joke on commentary or, you know, being sure to plug 
well, be sure to see Kane on the bump this week. It's going to be great or on Fox backstage. It's just like, there's just something about the announcers have the opportunity to further develop that character and our belief in them. And so it's, it's exciting. It's different. It's refreshing. It's been really refreshing. I've really, like I said, it, it's awesome to see a guy who, like, like I said, I've never been the biggest fan. I was mad that they took him, made him the number one guy when they still had Jr. And to see him take the ball and run with it now that his the guy that literally was forcing him to say certain things for his entire career. I I applaud Michael Cole and he's made everything so much better. I just wish that we would have been able to see this version of him sooner. Yeah, especially with some of the commentators he's been paired with in the past. It just would have been incredible. Like I loved Michael Cole and Taz, but man, to see this Michael Cole with Taz would have been incredible. But you know, commentary is not the only change that has happened. One of the biggest ones And I'm excited about this, but I'm a cautious hopeful with this. And that is WWE has hired a Marvel writer to be in charge of their long-term storytelling. And the reason I'm cautiously optimistic about this is because I think this is great because WWE for the last, let's say the last eight years has absolutely sucked at long-term storytelling. There have been a couple of diamonds in the rough, but it's really, Hey, we have X amount of shows every week. You know, we have way too much wrestling content in one week for a single company. We have all these pay-per-views. We have all this stuff. It is just way too much to keep up. That's where, you know, you have road dog and some of the other agents doing the 50, 50 booking because wins and losses don't matter because we've just got that many people, you know, We've got too many shows. We we can't take the time to build good stories. We just got it. Fans don't remember that. They just remember the spots. So it's nice to have direction, but I am going to hold my breath because we still don't have a ton of wrestling expertise. It's obviously we have... Sean and we have Hunter working with creative, but who else is in there actually working with production? You know, who's with the 30 plus writers, including the ultimate warrior's wife, for some reason, like who are with all of these writers in keeping the balance of wrestling and sports entertainment. Obviously WWE is always going to be more sports entertainment, right? But there is a difference between writing for a CBS sitcom than writing for a sports entertainment show. You know, well, there's you know, difference between a comic book and, and this. So I'm I'm excited, but I've also seen what happens when they bring like, hey, this person wrote on the Big Bang Theory for eight years. Cool. They suck at making a, a professional wrestling show. Right. And I don't think Triple H is going to let things like that affect the product because... He knows what ta- what it takes to put on a good wrestling show. It's yeah. <clears throat> apparent from the moment he took over, Raw was better. 
So, and I think, I think last, go ahead. I was just going to say, and I think that's one of the things that he's still feeling out is you for WWE, especially you need that sports entertainment side, but it's also okay to have good matches. Right now, that being said, you can't have every match be 20 minutes on every episode of TV. You've got to break that up because so, then, it, you know, it's just nothing but filler. And I, so it, it'll be interesting. I said this whenever he took over and it's starting to ring true. And I don't want to pat myself on the back, but um, hmm. I said in three months, three to four months, we will see a lot of it, it will be more of a fully formed idea. I think extreme rules. That idea was formed. That trip, that was the best pay-per-view that they've had in the entire triple H reign. Yeah. It was not an amazing pay-per-view, but it was a Good, solid pay-per-view from match one to match six. There were six matches. Yeah. And the thing is, not every pay-per-view needs to be five stars. Not every pay-per-view needs to be Starcade 85. Needs to be SummerSlam 97. You know, you want it to be good because the thing is, with a lot of wrestling companies, AEW included, WWE included, there's a lot of shows to where you watch it and it's like, man, that wasn't pay-per-view quality. Man, that just felt like a four-hour long TV episode. There's been a lot of pay-per-views where it's like, well, there was one good match or there were a couple of good moments, but it wasn't worth sitting. I would have rather well, watched those on YouTube than sit through and the six hours. That has been a problem with AEW is... Some of their pay-per-views, while great, have felt like an extended uh, edition of Dynamite. And yeah. that's because Dynamite, for the most part, ends up at least every other week having one of those big marquee matches. And so I think they're still trying to find the balance of save it for pay-per-view and pop a rating. Mm. Because... You have to have both. Yeah. You can't you can't just, you know, put all your great matches on pay-per-view and then wonder why people aren't tuning into TV. Yeah. But on the same token, you can't give away everything for free. Yeah. Like you, I'm a firm believer you should be able to tune in every week and see your biggest stars and see them in action. You shouldn't see the biggest stars in their biggest matches. Right. On TV now, every now and then you need to do that, <clears throat> but it's like you got to see The Rock and you see you got to see Stone Cold every single week. You didn't see them face one one another on right. TV. You would see them face people close to each other. You would see them interact with each other, but it was all pointing towards that pay per view, getting the buy rates, getting those ratings. And so it's, I agree. I think it's starting to balance out a little bit. And I, I, it's just very exciting to watch because WWE <clears throat> has a production value that has never been matched. 
and, it and will I doubt, never be matched. yeah, it never will be. That's not saying it's not just a money thing. It is because nobody does a video package better than them. Nobody has the larger than life capabilities production wise to make something like for you to sit there and be like, this is like something straight out of a movie, but I'm seeing it live and cool. I have no idea how they're pulling it off. And also you got to look at it from the fact that they, how long have they been in business? Yeah. Uh, AW in 10 years is going to be light years ahead of what they are right now. Yeah. But it's because they will have that time to flourish and, mm. and learn and get Pete, the right people mm. in, in the business. So to finally have fresh ideas in WWE and I saw even someone uh, comment that even uh, Triple H called up the uh, end graphic trick that he used to do in NXT. Um, he called that up last night, but it's been it's been just refreshing because I've been able to watch WWE. I don't watch every single episode of Raw. I I can't watch SmackDown because I don't have Fox, but. Um, Long story short, we got rid of cable and we have sling and they don't do local channels. So, um, and I don't like to watch shows, uh, live. I like to be able to skip commercials. So, but, uh, it's, let's, it's, it's nice to see, like you said, to see fresh things. It's nice to see stars getting their opportunity and it makes me more excited because you need stars to be built. And you can't you can't just have mid-carters built and be satisfied because the mid-carters put on the best matches on the card. And I'm not going to say, like, we just need five-star matches and we're good. Because some of the people that I'm calling for them to give more screen time to are not the best wrestlers on the... On the... Uh, on the roster... But like, like a perfect example, example, Dexter Loomis needs to be on TV every week. Mm -hmm. He is fit. He is so good at his character and knowing exactly he is his character. He lives that character. He understands it. Um, real short break. Uh, the great Oz is on my screen right now. Beautiful. Halloween Havoc 91. Squisher. Squisher. Green robe, hair flip, but I don't have any hair because it's 1991. Um, Dexter Loomis is not going to go out and give you five-star matches every single night. He's got the capability, but he's not going to do it. Yeah. He is more character-based wrestling. And I, you need him on your TV. I am glued to the segments with The Miz and Dexter Loomis. Because I want to see how it's going to work. I want to see what he's going to come up with this time. Last night they had um, segments with Gritty, the uh, Philadelphia Flyers mascot, and The Miz all night. Where The Miz just didn't trust Gritty because he thought it was Dexter Loomis. And spoiler it wasn't Dexter Loomis. It was just Gritty the entire night. Mm. And I, I love it. I love that stuff. So like, give us more of that because that, that was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. But the, the beauty is when you develop a character 
they have more to work with than just their moveset moveset to get over. A perfect example is The Undertaker. You go watch Mean Mark Callis. You go watch Texas Red. You watch his in-ring work where he's doing way more stuff than he should be doing. And then you watch him become The Undertaker when all of a sudden he gets launched as this megastar, but he's doing less in the ring. Yet everything he does in the ring looks good. And then you fast forward to finally he has an opponent that's going to take him to the limit. And so he has to be able to go toe for toe. Then all of a sudden you find out, whoa, this Undertaker guy can go. And he just had a five-star classic. Absolutely. The Undertaker doesn't need to have a five. He doesn't need to have a five-star match with Shawn Michaels every night, every week to prove that he's great. But having that in his back pocket, like that is incredible because like if you can get someone invested in just your character and then you reveal you're great in the ring or you're great on the microphone, that's like that is that's how you make millions, folks. Right. It is. And so let's let's talk a little bit about Extreme Rules, because like I said, it was their probably their best top to bottom pay-per-view since Triple H has been in power. Um, and it was full of people that continue to be the stars that they're proving to be. And it started great right out of the, the gate. Give me Seamus and Gunter Ooh. every single week. I will yes, never please. get tired of that. Event, I mean, obviously, you need to have a move away from each other eventually, but these guys go out and they put on what I like to refer to as good old fashioned beef slamming. Mm. They are, uh, y'all, y'all don't know this. I really can't stand Seamus. I am so, there was a long time where I was so over Seamus, but you put him in these matches where. He's going to go home red and bloody and I'm all in because that dude can brawl. And so the brutes versus Imperium. Um, I understand why he's not Pete Dunn anymore, but Butch I, I'm loving. I love Butch. Yeah. And here's um, the thing, like with a stupid name, like Butch, like if he plays that character, well, you can get it over. You can make it work. And he's starting to. Yeah. Um, Ridge Holland, the dude is incredibly strong. At one point, he had uh, Kaiser and Vinci on his shoulders and did a Samoan drop. Like, it was incredible. I love Imperium. I Imperium needs to be pushed to the moon. Gunter needs to win a world title eventually. Let him restore faith <clears throat> to the Intercontinental title. I'm not afraid to say that Imperium was literally the only good thing about NXT UK. It was. It was. there. Well, and it, it just goes to show because they were the most over thing there. Mm-hmm. And then they were, because they were so over over there, they were over over here. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of overs just now. But yeah. um, this this lived up to it. It was a good old-fashioned Donnybrook. Like, there, were, there was a bar at ringside. It, it was wonderful. And continue doing this with Seamus Holland and Butch. Let them just be in fights every week. Mm. 
And then have Imperium run rough shot. I think Kaiser and Vinci should be the ones that take the titles off the Usos. Um, at least one they? set of the ice, one set of the titles, give them all the gold, let them be that big heel stable and protect Gunter by all costs because that dude, there's no one more believable besides Brock Lesnar in the WWE than Gunter for me right now. On a side note, to <clears throat> go back to marquee matches on TV, I'm now watching the October 30th episode of 97 ECW, and the main event is RVD versus Taz for the TV title. Hey. The the undercard title should be defended on TV, especially mm-hmm. one called the TV title. But, uh, you know, Friday night, uh, Gunter uh, retained against Sheamus for the IC yep. title. Like, that's what those titles are there for. Right. That is, you keep the world title off uh, from being defended on TV because that is your big ticket. That's one of right. your big ticket items for the pay-per-view. And so you've got these great mid-card titles that are like, okay, hey, this is the title that's going to be defended. And then when you want to pop that reigning, you can go, Roman Reigns is defending the universal title this week. Yeah. On SmackDown, something he's only done twice this year. And those were all on pay-per-view. You're going to get to see that on SmackDown on Fox. So my favorite example of that is... In 2006, on the July 4th episode, or I guess it was technically like the July 3rd episode of Raw, RVD defended his WWE title unsuccessfully against Edge and John Cena. Triple threat main event for the WWE title. It was the first time the Raw title or the WWE title had changed hands on TV instead of pay-per-view since 98 or 99. I love that. And it's like, that's such a great thing. Like, save that for, like, you can defend the title, but man, save it as something special when you need to pop that rating when ratings are down. Yeah. And it's just, there's so much that can be done, but but getting back on topic. I, and it restores, it, it re- real quick, it restores the faith that anything can happen on yes. TV. Because if everything's predictable... If I know I'm going to tune into AEW and every match is going to be 20 minutes and it's going to be, well, these, you know, the same people are going to win. The same people are going to lose. There's going to be a a shocking TNT title change. (laughs) It takes away the necessity to sit and watch the full show versus like, hey, like, I have no idea what Wardlow is going to do tonight. There is literally no telling what Darby Allen is going to do tonight. Right. Having that same thing with Ron SmackDown to where it's like, man, there's a good chance the Intercontinental title could change hands tonight. There's a good chance that somebody could call Roman Reigns out and either stand up to him or get the absolute snot beat out of them by the entire bloodline and Sami Zayn. Speaking of absolute snot beat out of each other, did you see the strap match? Yes. I know you came in a little late. I came in at the start of the strap match. Okay. And so did you watch any of the first two matches then? I, that is my plan for tomorrow evening. Okay. I mean, I know what happened and 
Rousey, Rousey and Morgan was good. I mean, it was a good extreme rules match. They got the time they needed for an extreme rules match. Um, a very weird ending. So I don't think their story is done, but, uh, I don't know. I'm really interested in what they're about to do with Liv because she, she's kind of teasing a turn maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but Karen Cross drew McIntyre. This was Chef's Kiss. I loved it. I loved <clears throat> the way that Scarlett got uh, involved. Mm-hmm. You know, it made sense for the end that Scarlett is there as a insurance piece. Mm-hmm. And she brought it. I mean, for those that watched, you, I don't think I've ever seen a pepper spray spot in a wrestling match before. No. And here, here's the thing. It's hard to have a good strap match. Right. The proof of that is Hogan trying to get it over in WCW with the Yappa Pie strap match. Like seeing Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend in a strap match live and in person, it was like, okay, this is cool for the first 30 seconds, but now this is just really boring because, because of the strap tied to them, they're having to draw out all of their spots. But this was great. I loved that the match started with them attacking Drew before Carrion gets the the strap tied around his wrist and fighting outside the ring. And you think like, oh, man, this is going to end like he's going to beat the snot out of Drew, put him in the ring, put the strap on, pin him one, two, three. And it was very creative. And then you have the creative finish. You had a solid match in between there. And Drew comes out looking strong because he got screwed. He got ambushed before, but we saw his strength because he started fighting back. And it wasn't until the spe- the pepper spray that screwed him over. You've carried cross looking strong, looking evil, Scarlet looking evil. I like, I think bo- both of those individuals came out of the match looking stronger than they did going in. And that's, that's how you know it was a good match. I think with Carrion, they've found one of their main event heels. Like the this, whole they they've got the whole package there with him, with Scarlet. Scarlet is the messenger that's coming out. It's gonna, you know, it's amazing. His his work in impact and his work in MLW solidified him that he can be a main event guy especially with how evil he can be. And I've said this so many, I've said this since he showed up in NXT. If you, we can get carrying cross on the main roster and put WWE production money behind him, you have your next big heel for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. I, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've talked about it, Jake, that when we attempted fantasy booking, I wanted one. I wanted you or Jimmy to draft carrying cross and have him feud with the undertaker and have him be the guy to completely obliterate undertaker. Like he's, he's got that mean streak. He's the perfect villain. I told you last night, you could see him as the, as the next henchman in a bond movie. Mm -hmm. Um, real quick. They're getting ready to have the light heavyweight title match on this show. The ref is wearing a hockey helmet. All right. More power to don't know. It's it's Richard Morton <coughs> versus uh, Flying Brian for the light heavyweight title. But um, 
Oh yeah, Mark Macker, Mark Maggard, friend of the show, met the one Santana, uh, Santana Jackson. Is it Santana Jackson? Santana Jackson. That's a brother prop right there. That is. That was a great deal. Okay, so more input on this helmet. It is the ref cam. Ah, I like. They that. switched Creative. to it at one point where there was it was the ref's view. I, they need to bring that back. They need to figure a way to do that because that was that was really good. Man, you get um, that that ref camera in War Games. Oh, brother, that'd be perfect. Oh, brother, War Games. Um, one of the matches of the night was this ladder match between Bel Air and Bailey. That it. It was a solid ladder match. And, you know, it's one of the first women's matches um, to ever be a ladder match in WWE. And I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the crap out of it. Bailey, we talked about it last night. Bailey is so good at being a heel. And who would have ever thought Bailey could be a heel? It's perfect because it's believable. Like if I were to meet Bailey in the airport, this is how I think she would be in real life. Right. And I, you know, I, I continue to love what Bianca's doing. She's she, I'm going to say this and I'm not trying to sound creepy or anything. She is the total package. She's gorgeous, but she does not look like, the fake gorgeous. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like she is, she looks like an athlete. She performs like an athlete and she is a great role model. And just, I, I love, I love everything they're doing with Bianca. I really thought they were getting ready to pull the trigger on her reign though. Yeah. Um, it, it seemed like that. Because, you know, they're building up Bailey stable damage control. They've got the women's tag titles. It looked like they were going to get the women's title. Um, but you know what? They they don't need it for her to still be a top heel. Um, they're doing some great work with Bianca. Go watch that ladder match. It was a really good ladder match. Mm. It really was. They they had and they had a good creative finish to it, too. Like they had the heel do their own undoing. So, um, this was my only down spot of the night and it wasn't because it was a bad match, but I just, I quit matches are so hard Mm -hmm. and it got really entertaining at the end, but it just fell flat there for a while. Finn Balor and edge. They both are, Edge doesn't need a win, but I don't know. You knew Finn Balor needed this win mm-hmm. because he's the leader of a heel stable. The heel stable has kind of had a rough go of it when they should be one of the bigger things on the roster. Um, And they're starting to pick up that steam again. I like Finn as a heel. I think he's. I think he's better as a heel easily. Um, And I could see them taking him to the main event with this. Um, We just need to get, we need to get past the point where the best per, the best part of this stable is Rhea Ripley. Yeah. 
And I'm not saying that she can't be as good as she is right now, but whenever your leader is like second or third fiddle in the group, there's a problem. Yeah. But, but Rhea Ripley's the most entertaining part of this group right now. She's stealing all of the spotlight and it's not because she's overperforming or anything. It's because it seems like the guys are underperforming. Like they're not doing like we know what they're capable of, but they're not doing all that they're able to. So, and so I, it's, it's one of those things. I'm curious <laughs> to see where it goes now. I think with what Dominique did beating up Ray, I I'm excited to see where this goes. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a war games match built out of this, where yeah. it's the judgment day versus Edge and Mysterio's team. I wouldn't hate it. I think that's the perfect way to, to end the feud. I think it's great. I think it's great. You get Edge leading maybe some legends, uh, you know, with Ray and Edge against Dominic and and crew. I think I think that would be a really good way to end the feud and help Judgment Day get a little stronger. I agree. Uh, then you had your main event fight pit match it was great uh, matt riddle dude like just let him go out and perform and be be the most ath- one of the most athletic dudes on the roster yeah. because he is dude seth is rollins let him be money. despicable and money mm-hmm. go go ahead with with I, what I was gonna, you're say, gonna say about riddle, riddle riddle's in ring work is money his the thing is like his personality in real life it's so hard to put together with his in-ring personality right? because they clash. And I think sometimes it's to his detriment. Like this feud with Rollins, I think is the closest we're going to see to Riddle in the main event because it has pulled him away from the cheesiness of like his on the mic work and backstage work that it made him a believable contender. I loved the side-by-side interview. Yeah, like stuff like let that change him. He can still have fun. He can still joke around, but have him walk around with this chip on his shoulder that he was exposed in front of fans worldwide and that this match has changed him. Give him a little bit of an attitude. Give him a little bit of an edge. And I think he'll have what it takes to boost him into a credible threat in the main event. At least that's my thought. I I think it'd be great that match. I think I think it's going to be great. I really do. I think you let him become that real person again with the over the topness, yeah. and then it leads right back into the Cody Rhodes feud. Mm-hmm. And they let I want I want that to to be the last straw before mania for Cody. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I don't know what they're going to do with the rumble. You almost have to have Cody win it. If he's going to come back in it. Yeah. But I have a feeling we're going to see the rock win it. It's, it's possible. We could see it. Um, but you know, it'll be it, interesting to see the backlash. If the rock does win. Right. Over Cody, especially if Cody's in the match. So we get that outstanding fight pit match. 
I wish they would work on the name. Yeah. But I love it, the fight. I really love the fight pit. Mm-hmm. The name it's is clever just and weird. it's new. Yeah. And it's better in my mind that that fight pit match was better than the Owen Hart Ken Shamrock Lions Den matches. Right. Just because there was what Owen and Ken Shamrock did was great, and I don't want to discredit that, but this felt more of a spectacular and then their matches did. There was another fight pit match and it was, it was an NXT. NXT. It was riddle and Thatcher. So let mm. this be riddles match. signature match. You know, Hey, I am an ex MMA guy. This is basically their take on the octagon. Yeah. And let it be, let it be their thing. So, it was a great match. It was a great match. The right person won because Matt Riddle, they need to build him up as a top baby face because that's what he is. Uh, yeah. He's gotten so over with Randy and he's gotten better with Randy. So let him continue on that note. But Landon, after the match, we got to see who the white rabbit is. We did. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Case in point. This is where WWE excels more than any other wrestling Mm -hmm. promotion that has ever existed, nor will ever exist. And that is their ability to do larger than life productions to make somebody a literal superstar. I know I prefer wrestler, the term wrestler over superstar, but there is something about the magnitude of being on a superstar level. So the lights go out. Mm hmm. He's got the whole world in his hands. Oh, my gosh. Goosebumps, man. It was done perfectly. Bray Wyatt's back. He's got a new character. He had a new mask. We talked a little bit last night. They showed bits and pieces of every part of Bray to this point. Mm -hmm. Um. I hope that this is him turning into a new version of himself and we will continue to kind of see the, the Mick Foley of it all with him mm-hmm. where he's basically a horror version of Mick Foley where, where he pulls out the version of himself that he needs at that moment. Yeah. And there's rumor that a stable is happening. I haven't seen whether it's confirmed <laughs> But um, supposedly there's this rumor of the Wyatt six. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know we'll if he see. needs a stable. Yeah, but it's it's another tool in his back pocket, but it's not required for him to go into we'll, stardom. We'll see how it goes. I'm very interested in what happens next. They've literally got me guessing because I don't think we're getting the fiend. I don't think that's Mm-mm. I. I think we will get the fiend some, but I think we're moving in a different direction. And with Bray, we're talking about a guy who's so creative and knows what he's doing that uh, you don't need for him to just stick with one character and you know, he's going to go all out. Yeah. And the company's proved they're not afraid to put money behind Bray. Because he is one of their top merch sellers, and that is something crucial. Right. What I can't stand 
about the hardcore, hardcore AEW fans is they talk about how Bray isn't that special because he's really not that good in the ring, that he's just average. No, he's amazing in the ring. And it's like, dude, sure. Okay, so he's not a Shawn Michaels. He's not an AJ Styles, but he is so in sync with his character that every time he hits his finisher, every time he does those crazy clotheslines, everything he does, you believe it because it fits in with everything that he's set up into that point and everything that he does after the match. Like, he is, I believe him way more than someone like Sammy Guevara coming out in kick pads, showing how many topes you can do outside the ring, how many Spanish flies you can do. And it's like, okay, like, you know your routines. You know how to work. You know how to cooperate really good to to pull off a high spot. Well, Landon, you know, I'm really excited to see where they're going with it. Bray's, Bray is a psychological worker, and I love I love the way mm. he does his, his work. So let's see what happens Monday night, because I have a feeling we're going to have a little yeah. bit of a follow-up. It'll be, and, it'll be fun to talk about this as the weeks go on. So... With that, I think we need to wrap this one up. Landon, some some housekeeping before we go. Make sure you hit up Bums Analog Conversion. Get yourself a digital mystery grab bag, $25. Radocon, November 5th and 6th. Pro Wrestling Tee slash Kinzer Keel. Get ready for the new t-shirts coming out. Don't forget episode 100 is coming brother mm. fest episode 100 it's going to be a fun night november 13th we're inducting aaron ortiz we're inducting brian myers and we're inducting two others that night landon do you have anything else for us tonight i got nothing else i won't be here on the show next week because i will be competing in stampede wrestling but next week is still going to be a good episode because we're going to get to find out what all has been going on with the fiend what's been going on with bray wyatt but also we're going to find out our next two inductees into the brothers and kayfabe hall of fame so tune in if you haven't listened to last week's episode if you haven't listened to the any of the episodes of season five do yourself a favor go back listen to the best of episodes to catch up on all the bik lore but jake that's all i've got we're going to end it how we end every single week with the greatest thing in pro wrestling that is a fine scissor between two friends just kidding it is a little bit of too sweet for life thank you guys thank you.